Riders Meeting is brought to you by Yamaha. Rev your heart and join the Blue Crew for contingency, technical support videos, trackside support, demos and riding schools, apparel and merchandise. Get on the winning team. Join Yamaha's Blue Crew today. Nihilo Concepts, the leaders in grip technology. Whether it's frame grip, lever grip, grip donuts, which are fully customizable, or even the SOS device, which will keep you from being stranded. Check out all the products Nihilo Concepts makes for your motorcycle. And by Complete Racing Solutions, the leading resource for health and wellness and performance, where results are driven by the science of performance. Visit CompleteRacingSolutions.com for more information on training, nutrition, hydration, recovery, injury prevention, flexibility, and so much more. It's an incredible resource. Get over to CompleteRacingSolutions.com. And by FlowVision. FlowVision goggles combine a lifetime of riding and racing experience to create the perfect goggle. Includes outrigger performance fitment system for optimal function, a removable nose guard for added protection and rider comfort, triple layer rider comfort foam for maximum sweat absorption and fitment, relaxed nose support for increased breathing, boundary ventilation system to aid with sweat reduction and relief, a 45 millimeter wide anti-slip strap with a 3D printed poly logo, Flowvision lenses are three times thicker than the standard goggle lens for clarity of vision, and they come in multicolors. It's CE certified, and get this, they retail for $56. Check out Flowvision goggles today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of Riders Meeting. I'm David Pinger, your host. I'm here with Rhino. Ryan Hughes stepped in to do some co-hosting today. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Glad great, to be here. Great glad to have to, you here. Yeah, glad to talk to you. We always have good conversations, and when we're talking about our favorite uh, subject, it gets pretty easy. Yeah, you've got, you've got good uh, <laughs> opinions and thoughts on, on particularly riding technique and stuff like that, so curious yeah. to hear some of your thoughts from Thunder Valley. This was round three of the series. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, yeah. Yamaha, Nihilo Concepts, Flow Vision Goggles, Complete Racing Solutions, couldn't uh, bring this show to you without those guys, so check their products out. We appreciate their support. Uh, 250 Moto One, uh, coming in, obviously the Lawrence brothers have been very dominant, and I always kept saying, I wanna see what happens if Jet gets a whole shot and Hunter's back a little bit. Can he reel his brother in? Because I feel like Hunter is, is good, he just doesn't get the starts that Jet does, and we got to see that this weekend, which was great. Um, <laughs> Michael Moseman, fastest qualifier going into the day. He would have some big crashes and be way back outside the top 10 in the first moto. Uh, and when we kicked this race off, it was a star Yamaha out front with the whole shot, which is nothing new. Uh, they've, they've whole shotted, it seems like, just about every race this year. But it was a different kid on it. It was Levi Kitchen. And we've watched him really over these first few rounds kind of drop in an impressive ride here or there. If you're paying attention to him, a fifth the weekend before. Really had some speed. Well, he's never gotten a great start. He pulled the whole shot and just took off. The dude was gone. Mm -hmm. uh, impressed with that? I mean, you see a kid in his only, you know, early season like this and just ch check out and do it? Well, when I was watching the race, you know, what came to me is like, what happened when I won my first race? You know, and it's like, when you're always kind of buried in the pack, it seems like the track is like smaller. You know, it's like everything's closed down because there's a guy here and a guy here and there's roost everywhere. It's like, but once you get the whole shot, you're like, whoa, you got this whole track, so you can get in your own flow, you can get in your own rhythm and stuff like that. And that's what I saw with him, it was kind of almost like a, like a rebirth, just like, whoa, I got this whole track to myself, so he could ride his way. And he rode you know, very precise and very uh, aggressive in the beginning. And so that excitement of being out there, knowing that you can do it, but finally getting the chance to do it and not having to come from all the way back. 
And that's what I saw with him. And uh, yeah, he rode brilliant, man. He really did. And uh, as you can see at the end, he, he left it all on the track. He had the wobbles coming off he the bike. You know? But yeah. hey, you know what? Hey, uh, applaud to that. You know, I'd rather see someone, you know, give it all and win one moto than, than save their energy and go 5-5. Five five, you yeah. know what I mean? And the next moto maybe doesn't have a good one. But, you know, that that's what I want to see is someone that gives all their effort to the craft that they're that they're practicing at. You know? Absolutely. And he, he would go on to say he was a little bit sick, had been feeling under the weather, which is a kind of a common theme. There's a lot of guys sick. Jet and Hunter still not 100%. Jet was saying he was about 70% coming into the weekend. Physically, I know Hunter had gone through that same stuff. There was multiple guys dealing with sickness. Um, and I want to mention one more thing about those Star Yamahas. I actually happened to be down in Tallahassee, Florida, Tallahassee, Florida this week. Sorry, that got scrambled up. And got to ride Justin Cooper's test bike down there. And I get it. I understand why these guys are getting so many hole shots. And they kind of explained that they actually have a patent on that reverse engine design and the way it's set up. Uh, and until that patent runs out, they've said, we, we have an explicit advantage. Um, you know, the other guys have things that they have to deal with that we don't with this design, and we can create more horsepower. So uh, they've really done some magical stuff. Um, you know, those guys have got it figured out. Brad and the boys are doing an awesome job, and it shows. So great job for Levi. I want to give a shout-out to Styles Robertson. A great start for him. He was up front early and had a, a pretty decent finish, 6-7 uh, on the day for him, which was great. But as this race played out, Levi was gone. Jet was sitting in second. Hunter came up and, uh, and got into third. And you had Cooper and Hammaker. Um, really not a ton of great racing, but uh, good, good to see all those guys that were in contention kind of get up into those spots. Um, going into Moto2, like I said, I've been wanting to see what would happen if Hunter got a whole shot. He did. Um, and he just kind of marched, marched away out front. His brother was uh, third, second, third. Cooper had gotten past him early. <clears throat> And frankly, the 250 racing wasn't that great in terms of battles, but um, it did show us a couple things. One, we do have a legit contender in Levi Kitchen. Two, if Hunter starts out front, he can stay in front of his brother. Uh, I realize they're both not 100%, so maybe it's not uh, a perfect example of what may happen, but he's he can do it. Um, Cooper got into second. Jet would get him back and just kind of cruise on in. Kitchen did not get a good start that second moto. Had to work up for fifth, but he's definitely the real real deal. And one thing that was kind of, to me, a little bit telling was Justin Cooper making a late, rate, late race push at Jet. He's got the speed and the ability. There's no question with Justin, but because of that injury that he's had, his fitness was not quite there coming into the season. Yeah. When you can make a late race push in the second moto at elevation in Thunder Valley, that tells me you're starting to feel improvements. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing as I saw at Paula. You know, he hole shot it or up front and dropped way back. And to me, it wasn't anything except maybe just arm pump. You know what I mean? Because again, you can't say the kid's not fit. He's been he's been training. He's ready. That that program down there. You have the uh, the drive that he has. If you're not fit, then there's something wrong, you know? But race fitness and practice fitness are two different things, the intensity. And that, so that's what I see, and I see things starting to come into play, you know, as, uh, as these races are coming about. He's starting to get into race shape. And mm -hmm. that's the thing, as you know, you can train in the gym. Okay, cool. You get on the motorcycle. Oh, my God, I'm not fit. <laughs> then you go to the race, and oh, geez, did I do any fitness, you know? So you have to race yourself in, into shape you know, more than you are. And that's what I see with him. You know, their program's great. And, um, you know, and I see in the next couple races him to be up there, but he needs to get those starts and he needs to be able to be consistent as you're seeing Jet because he's won, you know, all three of them. Yeah. And, you know, for Jet, 
uh, like you were talking about, his brother hole shot it and he was right there. But I just don't think Jet was 100%. Just like the way he was riding, he didn't have that little bit extra push, that little bit extra snap to him and, you know, being sick the week before and getting drained. You're, you're going to be trying almost coming out of that hole for the whole week and then you go get yourself into altitude without being there for a couple of weeks. You're, it's going to put a, it's gonna put a uh, toll on you. And that's just what I saw with him. And um, But, you know, I think those three guys, like you say, are going to be the contenders for the championship. Uh, Kitchen is going to learn. You know, he's going to be up there and then back and up there. And, you know, these little things because it just as what how I look back in my career and also other guys that have come up that are kind of just knocking on the door. Sometimes they miss the door, mm -hmm. you know, and they miss the door. And that's, I think, what you're going to see with him. But that one moto win is massive because that just goes, I can't do it. Yeah. You already, you always know you can do it. You feel you can do it. You work at it to do it. But once you do it, then it's like, ah. And it's almost like took a little bit off your shoulders. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good season, you know. And gonna be a good season, you know. Shimoda too. I mean, he's he's right there too. And and again, not mentioning him is is incorrect because he's third in points. But he's one of those silent assassins. He's not really any flash, but he's so smooth and he's so soft on that motorcycle. And you don't see the kid make many crashes, and you don't see the kid, you know get injured so much. I mean, yes, he did this year by one thing, but that's how you're going to win 24 motos, yeah. not just one race. This is 24 different races, and that's how you do it is just by being there. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think these uh, these five guys here, it's going to be a good little battle. Yeah, I think so. So that second <clears throat> moto finished up with Hunter out front, uh, Jet, Justin Cooper in third, Michael Moseman putting in a good ride for fourth there, and Levi Kitchen rounding out uh, the top five in that moto, which puts him on the podium overall. Uh, so Jet went 2-2 for the overall. Hunter 4-1 for second. Levi won 5. Then Cooper was 3-3. Shimoda 6-7, or 7-6 rather. Um, and the points, this is something I wanted to ask you about. You know, to me, I look at Jet. He's got 139 points out front. His brother has 127, so he, he pulled that in a little bit. Um, but, and that doesn't seem like that big of a gap. Then Shimoda's <clears throat> at 101. You got Kitchen and Justin Cooper. In my opinion, is Cooper, Hunter, and Jet are your three big title contenders. Those other guys are going to definitely sneak in there for podiums along the season and, and maybe some wins. But I think those are your three guys who've got experience competing for championships or winning them. Uh, they're going to be the guys down the stretch. How big of a point swing is 139 to 100? 39 points this early in the season. Is that a big deal? <clears throat> well, you got to look at it two different ways. This early in the season's like, oh my God, I'm already 39 points behind. But you also got to look at it, hey, it's only three races in. You know what I mean? So, but the bad thing is, is that you're 39 points behind somebody that is damn fast, damn good, and and you and dang pretty precise. Doesn't yeah. make many mistakes outdoors. Yeah. So now, if you had somebody that was ragged and this and this, well, then you can bet maybe a thing. But you know, there has been championships that you know have been cut down from 70 points, 60 points, you know, 30 something points. You know, so it's it's capable because again one race one dnf maybe it's not jet's fault but the bike or something one did 25 points now it's a close race yeah you know so again with so many races ago i wouldn't be too stressed but i would be stressed because of already being 39 points behind and who and who's in front of me by yeah the two lawrence brothers and they're damn good riders man you know what i mean emig had said like he thought at about the halfway point you got to reassess and look where you're at <clears throat> and then know that okay i've still got 12 motos to go you know, 
and you can dig out of it. He he, yeah. he kind of gave some examples where he had been a lot of points down at the halfway yeah, point. Yeah, LaRocco, he did that. And, and still swung yeah. it. Yeah. Now that was a DNF by LaRocco. That was yeah. some other issues. But that's what I'm saying. It's a couple it little things, you know, and yeah. I remember at uh, Bud's Creek, I was I was racing them when they were in that championship, and I was behind LaRocco. And that when he DNF'd, he went around the corner, and I saw him bend his shift lever around the foot peg, and I was like, and when I was like, oh shit, you know, because I yeah. knew that you knew the he was done. Yeah. yeah. And because I saw what happened and I knew the whole thing. And uh, yeah, so Emig did win that year from a pretty far, uh, you know, points gap. You know? So pretty, still pretty early in the season, but I think within a couple more rounds, Justin Cooper <laughs> is going to have to start winning some motos if he wants to be in this uh, for title contention. But as a New Yorker, I think when we get to these East Coast tracks, they're going to suit him a little <laughs> bit better. Now, that isn't to say that Jet and Hunter aren't going to be good. Yeah. Their technique is so damn good, I feel like those two are good anywhere. Hunter mm-hmm. won Southwick last year. We know he's good in the sand. Those boy, boys have both spent time in Holland riding in that deep sand, so that's comfortable to them. It's something that impresses me about the Lawrence boys, uh, and not to continue to toot their horn because there's plenty of people doing that, but they don't have a lot of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're really both of them are pretty flawless. Uh, they can both ride mud. They can both ride sand. They are both good in the ruts. I mean, yeah, it's like you how know, do you pick their program? The apart? thing is, is that the good thing is, is you know, technique creates speed. You know, technique creates kind of flow and safety on the bike because the better you are on the motorcycle and the more sound you are, well, the less uh, the things are going to come about. You know what I'm saying? But it's like having your sparring or having your. It's like having your toughest component or you know a competitor always right next to you because they're fucking brothers. You yeah. know, I mean, think about it. These two brothers are going to be battling for the championship. That's never happened before, and that's that's phenomenal. That's pretty cool. So just think of that. So almost like everything you do, there's going to be competitiveness, and so yeah. it's going to raise it. It's going to raise yeah. it because, yeah. like I say, if it was me and you going for the championship or whatever and we're teammates, maybe we would ride every once in a while together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you're at some compound and you guys were going for a championship, they'd almost kind of still stay apart a little yeah. bit. But when you're brothers, man, it's like you're picking up on what he's doing. You're listening to what he talks. He's listening to what he says. So you can't help but kind of almost elevate all the time. Yeah. You know. So I think they got something that you can never, you could never draw out. You could never try to duplicate. It just happened, and and I really feel that these kids are going to, you know, be battling for the championship. It would almost be like finally seeing two brothers get into the ring and box. Yeah. For a championship. Well, this is the thing that's strange to me. They can obviously train and ride together, and, and that motivates one another to, to push because yeah. they don't want to get beat by their brother. But at a point when you're on the track and you have to pass them, you know you know as well as I do, even when your teammates are like, oh, well, I'm not letting him beat me. There, <laughs> yeah, there's an yeah, extra yeah, exactly. component to that. I mean, are they going to smash into their brother to, to win? Like, well, I mean, because you got to be really hey, interesting. The to other see. thing too is you, if you're living in the same house and you go into the rooms and you see the number one plate and the number one plate and the, and the you know first place trophy, and you know again, you're going to know how much money your brother makes and this <laughs> and that. Dude, it's going to have to start pissing you off. And, yeah. And and uh, yeah, I think that they would probably have to have a gentleman brotherly agreement that look, man, if it comes down to it. You're just another rider like I'm another rider. And yeah. we can't play favorites. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because we both worked at this our whole lives. And to step back just because you're my brother and, and lose a championship, you know, that if I had a brother, I'd, I'd be, would have a conversation with him and say, look, man, this is what, how it's going to be. You know? Just because you work too hard, man. And the yeah. consequences are too big not to take that, that extra, 
you know, that, uh, I guess that extra chance, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic yeah. to watch. One more thing I want to mention in the 250 class here is that uh, Michael Moseman actually had caught up and was getting into the mix uh, in, that, in that final moto and started having some bike issues. And he said his bike was bogging. Now, mm. I didn't get, I, I did text Tyler Keefe. He wasn't at the race. He just had his first baby. He was at home. Congrats to TK. Stoked for you, buddy. Uh, but it sounds like, in my opinion, maybe <clears throat> boiling fuel. Yeah, I've had that before, and that happens, like, especially when you go up to Mammoth, mm -hmm. that high altitude. So in Mammoth, you almost want to change, and that's higher than, uh, than uh, Colorado is. But that does happen at those high altitudes, and especially when it's if, warm. if it was being warm there, mm -hmm. that, that uh, happens to these motorcycles. So, uh, yeah, bummer for him. Yeah, not sure if that's what it was, but that would be my guess, just using some common sense. Let's jump over to the 450 class. Uh, Tony Caroli jumps out to a hole shot. This is now he hole shotted last moto at Hangtown. First moto here, he would get the second moto hole shot as well. So he's uh, three in a row. And uh, he took off. Of course, Kenny jumped right past him, uh, uh, does what he does best, which is start well and then take off in those early laps. He's so good at that. Um, riding great, making improvements though. Caroli ended up fourth on the day, which if you start watching his progression, um, Tony's never been a guy with, with outright blazing speed. He's not the flashiest, but that dude knows how to get it done. And we're <clears> seeing him just slowly inch his way incrementally towards the front of the pack. Uh, I hope that he sticks around. I know he's only signed up through Mount Morris, but I hope he sticks around the whole season because that old man is going to end up getting in the mix, I think, here by the end of the year if he sticks around. Yeah, actually, around. you know, off that, I, I was going through one of the, um, the restaurants where we have here, Eat Cafe, and um, <clears throat> I was walking out and I heard this rhino. Rhino, I'm like, and I look back, and it's Cairoli and his and his his wife and his kid and this and that. So we, we start talking back and forth, and I was like, hey, how's this and how's that? And one thing he mentioned was like, he goes, the hardest thing for him to get used to is the intensity in the beginning of the race. And you mm -hmm. saw that the first motos, he whole shot it, and he went back, you know, quickly went back to like fourth, but then he starts to shoot. Um, move on up and he says in Europe they kind of take their time a little bit get things sorted and then they charge we're here we're so super cross uh, trained so it's just like instant little switch on go and then figure your shit out you know what I mean and so that he says it's hard to get used to and you're starting to see <clears throat> him do that but a nine-time champion 95 97 GP wins I mean insanity you know yeah. this guy I use him as a lot of a um, uh, you know, kind of um, explain his way a lot when I do my coaching is like he's a type of rider that never rides over what his feeling can handle. This is why he's been so injury free. This is why he's so consistent. So you're starting to you see this in him. <clears throat> this is what he has. That's it. Not going to ride over. Not going to ride under. Right there. And what that and what that uh, comes out at the end of the day is what it is. But he's there for the next race and the next race, yeah. and he starts to build up through the season, which I think you're starting to see. And I think the next race. I'm going to pick Cairoli to be top three just because of it's not a fast track. And that's another thing he says, man, the tracks are so fast here. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's, that, that was strange to me. I would have thought yeah. the opposite. Yeah. He said the tracks are so fast here. And so Mount Morris isn't a fast track. It's more of a technical, yeah. and he's really good at that stuff. Yeah. Those long GP ruts, more downhills, off cambers, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I think he's going to be something for next week and for sure. Interesting. And, uh, 36 years old, that guy, too. I, I just... That, that's another that's a, thing, you know, it's back back in our day, 30, 28 was old. Yeah, oh, dude, hey, you're 20, oh, man, you're 27, I'm sorry, I'm about ready to retire, you know what I mean? <laughs> and what are you going to do Yeah, next, yeah what are you going to do? And, but now you're starting to see 
Eli's 29, Jason's 29, you know, you mm -hmm. know, these guys are 30 years old right up there. And that's just showing that something's changed. And I don't know what it is, but something changed that <clears throat> now you can be, you're the top of the sport at this 30 year old range, which is where you'd see the top guys used to be Tour de France, marathon runners, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of when you're in your yeah, physical prime. Exactly. So I think there's something I don't know what has changed or just the idea that, oh, yeah, you can do it now. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the weird things about that. But 36 years old, that just shows you that, um, you know, it's not age. It's it's burnout or, you know, you know I guess kind of injury that mm -hmm. makes this, this, this career short mm -hmm. because the ability is there, you know. Um, well, Kenny got out into the front, <clears throat> out front early again like he does. And I was just wondering, can he hold it? Whatever has been his physical malady over the past several seasons – uh, longer motos, if it's really hot, later in the season, he, it just beats him up and he can't yeah. hang on. And so I wanted to see if he could hold on to this. Um, the problem was for him, Eli Tomac caught fire, uh, you know, and started taking off. And there was, Barsha was up there, Caroli was up there, Anderson uh, was doing great. And there was something interesting as Eli was working his way through all those guys, he got up to Anderson and Anderson hit one of those yellow track markers, not the little stakes that come up. I think those are great. Huh. I think that's a, a, a very safe improvement because they bend uh, from like wooden stakes or yep. crap we had in our day. But they have these big, it looks like the slippery and wet signs that you'd see in a Mexican food restaurant or something. They got them sitting on the side of the track. Anderson hit it, smashed his right hand. It veered him off the track, led to a Tomac pass. And he slowed down significantly. I never heard if he, if he smashed his fingers or what came of it, but... Uh, that was another miss by the by the track team. They need to get those things off the course a little bit. They're they're, they're unsafe. Uh, so I will just say that I didn't like that. Anyway, Eli moves to the front. He's just blowing past people, and he got into that zone that Eli gets into. He just it clicks right yeah. when he gets comfortable on the bike. When his setting is right, there's just not many people that can beat him. He caught Ken from six seconds back and went by and just won easily. Talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> that flow state or whatever it is that he gets into where he's just unstoppable and and why can he only get into it at times well i think you know because as you know motocross it's one is a very complex sport you know it's not just okay i have my hand on a ball or i hand up my hand on something else it's like you have this machine that has to be working correctly and working correctly with the track to allow you to feel good because mm -hmm. if that's not working good then you're never going to feel good and and the only time that you truly can go fast is when you have a flow and when you feel good you create that flow and so for eli when things he has such the ability he's so strong he's so fit and and but he his ways are so much different than everybody else he doesn't like even uh, noah went to his uh, house this week and rode with him he goes Man, they don't train that much, do they? I said, well, you know why? Because he's already there. Mm -hmm. He's already, he is managing burnout. If he rode four or five times a week and did all, he'd be burnt out. This is why at 30, he's <clears throat> able to still go. And they're very, they're very patient, you know, with what, what they do. And so what I've always noticed is when Eli kind of hunches up a little bit is when he doesn't ride good. When he lengthens out on the motorcycle and everything's flowing, then it's just like game on. Mm -hmm. uh, I talked to him after Paula and he said, man, the first moto, he goes, I got arm pump like you wouldn't believe because bonehead move, I changed, I changed settings before. And that just shows what happens if you change settings on a track that is so you know, like a motocross track that's always changing, well, there's no way you're gonna feel your feet, you know, mm -hmm. find, find, have that feel, and he went backwards. 
And then, so again, that's how just important a feel from bike to track to rider is. And when he has that, man, it's it's game on, and nobody's ever going to, uh, you know, uh, question his his fitness and also always living at 8,500 feet. He has an advantage over everybody. This is where I think people in motocross are maybe going a little bit wrong is they're not looking at it that this is an endurance sport to a point. And if you're an endurance athlete, you're always going to be training in the mountains or living in the mountains. And he lives at 8,500 feet, not at sea level. Mm. So he has that little extra at the end of the races because as you know, when you go to Mammoth for a month, you come back here, you're like, did I just get a V12? You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's definitely an advantage. It, it, you know, it truly is. So there's something there. Your body becomes more efficient at carrying oxygen, and yeah. then when you come down here, you're like supercharged. Oh, so. 100%. Um, so I will say one thing, too, about that feel. He switched forks from Paula to Hangtown, mm -hmm. uh, which he credits with the difference. And they this is something that Star Racing Yamaha does, uh, which I found was impressive. These race teams, in the, in the, for the sake of budget, will make a call early on in the season. Okay, we're going with this this fork we're gonna we're gonna do air or we're doing spring or we're doing a hybrid or whatever but we're ordering all these star racing yamaha got all three spring hybrid and air and they let their guys pick what they want so they've yeah. got a massive cache of suspension down there mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, but it allows their riders to switch and and surprisingly enough to me they've all done won their championships on either air or a hybrid hmm. uh, i thought that was crazy but uh, he said the results don't lie so yeah Anyway, another thing that Star is doing that's giving them those little edges, they're just budget be damned. If the guys, if it'll help them to win, they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So, well, they don't have, again, when you can go off on your own like Star can, well, now you're the boss. Yeah. But when you're under these other things, you have bosses that aren't, aren't racing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. bosses that are above, maybe in Japan, all these things. But when your boss is only the team, you know what I'm saying? You're so much more willing and able to make these changes and to go outside the the realm and that you don't have to protect Yamaha or Honda yeah. or this yeah. and that. They can just go, look, the only thing that we're looking for is performance and we don't care where it comes from because yeah. we don't have to live up to some name. Um, I will say yeah. one thing too, and, and normally horsepower isn't an issue in the 450 class. It's always a key factor in the 250 class. Mm -hmm. But as RC would remind us at least 10 times during the broadcast, the bikes are down about 20% in power when you go up to that elevation. And so at that point, even in the 450 class, horsepower becomes a, an issue. Yeah, and when you have that engine design like they have, it is a distinct advantage. And um, I think that that helped Eli really get the get the wheels moving. And I think with those Yamahas, you know, they detune them because they are so fast. Yeah. And so they detune them. So now you can actually tune them up a little yeah. bit, you know, make, hey, I want all the power yeah. I can because now we're at... 20% lower, Yeah, and it, and it was power. interesting because while I was down in Tallahassee, Eli's uh, mechanic from up there was texting and going, hey, which map was it that was maximum power, you know, and they were yeah, remapping yeah. his bike for up there. So Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's interesting how they can do that. Uh, so anyway, first moto, Eli takes off. He's gone. Kenny holds on for second. Anderson comes, uh, hangs on to third. Great ride for him. He was another guy we were questioning. He's had issues with that <coughs> elevation in the past. Uh, I had a bunch of people message me after our site lap show last week and says, yeah, but he, he built a track in Mexi New Mexico at 6,500 feet. That's, he's going to be fine. True. And, and he did that for this reason to sort of combat this issue. But he had been in California for two weeks testing prior to the Thunder Valley National. So he hadn't been home. That's why I wondered if it would catch up with him a little bit. And uh, we'll see a little bit of that in the sec second moto. Chase Sexton, the other title contender in that first moto, was way back off the start. And uh, he did come up and, and, and uh, put in a good ride for fourth, but was never in the mix. 
Moto 2, 450s. <clears throat> Caroli gets another hole shot. Roxon right behind him. Kind of looked like a replay of the first moto. Kenny goes by and takes off. Um, and we will talk a little bit about starts. One thing different there, we, a lot of guys do start in first gear, especially mm -hmm. in the 250 class. Um, and that changes a lot. These guys are not used to that. Uh, your shift to second has to be almost immediate, like the second you're coming over the gate, mm -hmm. which if you're starting with two feet down is very different. So I think that threw a lot of people out of their rhythm. And it was interesting to see who could adapt to that and who couldn't. Or yeah. who could pull second gear starts. Yeah, and that you know, and that's uh, something that you'd probably practice, um, you know, during the week and, and things like that. Because anytime you go up to elevation, you want to get that first gear. Because again, it doesn't matter how where I, how fast I am midway through the start. It's that first five feet. If yeah. I get my handlebars in front of you, I own you. Yeah. I can do whatever I want with yeah. you. And that's so important to get that leap, especially when you got forty other guys that know how to get good starts too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sexton caught and passed Roxon and looked like he was just going to check off for an easy win. Um, he was <clears throat> just, he looks so beautiful on the bike. And I don't, I know that maybe sounds soft to no, say, but it's no, I used just, to say the same thing about Everts, you know, it's, it's just, just like, dude, beautiful. It's like, just so beautiful when you're going, nah, you're bouncing around and the, this guy is just like, you know, like he's like, a, you know, the ballerina or whatever. It's poetry. Yeah. So yeah. it was really fun. And, and this is what made his mistake at the end of the race. So weird. Uh, Eli caught Roxon and this to me was this is a way underrated battle. These guys put on a show. Eli was in his his beast mode. He was trying to do it, and Kenny would not let him go through. Mm -hmm. uh, if you man, go back and watch that second moto again. If you missed it, go find it on YouTube and watch that whole second moto. Those two went at it tooth and nail. Every time Eli would try to dive around on that downhill, Kenny would bump him out of the line, and finally. Eli gave it up after I don't know how many laps and just said his brakes were starting to fade. They were riding so hard, he was pushing so hard, he wore his brakes out. Yeah, and, and, and people that ride 450s, I mean, just imagine that riding a 450 so hard that the brakes start to fade. So I know with Kawasaki and Honda that they have telemetry on um, um, Eli's bike. And it measures that he's wide open on the 450 in an outdoor race 70% of the time. Is that right? 70% of the time, he's wide open on that 450. So there are people that can ride these motorcycles to their true potential. And he's one of them that can be wide open 70% of the time and brake so hard that these factory brakes fade. I mean, when factory brakes fade, dude, you're, you're, that's a whole other level. Man. It is a whole other level. And they would, they would fade tip a little bit sooner up at that elevation that does play into it. But still, you know he's pushing hard. Anderson yeah. had a little tip over that would cost him... Uh, for the overall, maybe some of that fitness came in. I mean, that's what it looks like in the results. Maybe it was just the tip over. Uh, who knows? But I will say a huge shout out to Ken Roxon. That that <clears throat> determinedness, that grittiness to not let Tomac buy paid off. Uh, on the last lap, Chase Sexton has a really weird tip over. It just, I don't know if he was tired, lost focus. He doesn't seem like he's been getting tired. But either way, just a really silly tip over in a rut. Kenny goes by to get the overall and um, man, good for him. I, I, I was actually just really happy for him. After watching him fight off Tomac, yeah. the way he did, it was really impressive. He goes 2-1 for the overall. Eli won 3. Sexton 4-2 for third. You got Anderson with a 3-6. And then Caroli sneaking in there for fifth overall with a 5-4. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, as we go to this points, uh, Sexton is 134. These are tightening up a lot. This was the thing that I came away from this race the most excited about. Because uh, Roxon now at 129, Tomac's at 120, Anderson 111. They are all definitely in contention. Uh, we should mention Christian Craig. Terrible day. Big crashes. Was way off the back. He's still sitting fifth in points. 
Yeah, I, talk, I had a chance to talk to Roxon at Glen Helen when he was testing, and you know, he just kind of just kept saying that I'm, I'm in it. I'm putting, I'm done, I'm done effing around. You know what I mean? Whatever that meant. But he's, I'm all in. I'm all in. Just he kept saying it. You know what I mean? And so that second moto showed. And so people, for people to dog on this guy and say that he's weak or he's this or he's that just from the last season, do you have no idea what stress and strain is going to be put on the body, the mind, the you know, the the emotion when you're almost been tormented by the surgeries and the mm -hmm. things that he's had to go through. You know, for me, I've been injured a lot, and it's very traumatic, man. Yeah. It really is. Every time you go under the knife, and then you have a letdown, and this and that, people have no idea what it's probably taken out of his body. So I think they might have found some things, changed some things, or it's just a switch of the mind, just saying, you know what, screw it, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. And you're, you're seeing that, and that's what you saw the second moto, you know? And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, only being, what, 20, what's uh, Anderson, only 23 points behind? Yeah, 23 points behind? Yeah, it's not bad. That, yeah, everything know, again, is that's, tight. That, that's tight, and, and you can't, you know, Anderson just going off the motos, maybe the second moto did get a little tired to tip over and then getting up in altitude and heat, whoa, maybe that's what did yeah. it. But the dudes, the dudes, you know, this is what's going to happen in this in this championship is guys are going to have their day, they're going to have their track, they're going to have their conditions, and then some guys that are, might struggle in those track conditions, and it's going to be a tight race, so it's yeah. going to be fun. I think these guys are going to have to manage their bad days. That's going to be the big uh, kicker, in my opinion, and I think I see this going. There's any one of those four could win this title. Yeah, anyone can win this title. I'm 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 betting on. I'm betting on one of them. <laughs> oh, you want to say it? Or no? Well, yeah, I'm betting on Tomac. Yeah, I mean, just I, just because. I think it would be hard not to. It's you. It's, it, the only way that Tomac is to me going to get beat is by bad starts or something that way, because he just you can't deny the toughness and you can't deny the consistency now that you're seeing this year. Yeah. And after this, after kind of winning, you know, like say, I don't know if you've had the thing, but if you win the first moto in a national, you're kind of like, ah, okay. You know, I did that. It's like the pressure off. He won the Supercross Championship, so he's kind of already did his thing, and and so I saw a difference after last year when he or the last time he won his championship outdoors. It was kind of like a, okay, I'm that guy, and now he knows he's that guy, mm -hmm. and so there's going to be a lot more kind of a much more relaxed person when you have that uh, mentality in you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it'll be interesting to watch. Definitely yeah. a good four man battle shaping up. Um, Folks, that is our show. We're trying to be done here in 30 minutes plus two laps or so. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, stick around. We've got uh, a site lap coming later this week. So if we're, we'll be looking ahead to Mount Morris and Rhino will be joining me for that as well. Thanks for watching. See you next week.